their culture, from their city. We end up doing documentaries on each one of those people's lives. And, uh, and then uh, all, all these testimonies are camera ready for television. We purchase television time on secular television, not Christian television. We're not really trying to preach to the choir. We're trying to reach people that don't ever think about Christianity. So we go on secular television for a whole month. So every night, prime time for a whole month, there's a different life story on television. Proclaiming the uh, power of the gospel, not through preaching. There's no plea for money. Our name is nowhere. It's all about somebody's life from their culture who has been marvelously transformed by the gospel of Christ. At the bottom of each life story is a website and a phone number. The phone number is connected to a call center. People are encouraged to call the call center. And uh, we offer a free book. This is the book we offer all over the world. Uh, this one happens to be the um, the book that we did last year in uh, in in Capita, Paraguay, and and so I was involved in this campaign in Paraguay. I think I was there four times last year. Um, so it's got it's got abbreviated life stories in it, and then very simple evangelism discipleship materials that uh, that that help people come to faith in Christ. And so we train people. We train hundreds of people. Many places thousands of people to not only staff the call center 24 hours and seven days a week but also to do the follow-up and this very important part of our ministry we actually have churches sign contracts that they will do this that they'll actually do the follow-up um, and then and then we have people who actually stay in the program after the month-long um, media campaign actually finishes to make sure the follow-up actually happens so the goal is is everyone who calls in the call center is followed up by someone uh, from their region of the city who attends a local church from that part of the city, and they actually hand deliver the book to them with the idea of getting their foot in the door, developing relationships, and, and walk them through the materials. And we see thousands of people all over the world come to Christ through this very, very simple uh, concept. Um, we do big places like Calcutta, India this, this past year. And the numbers in India are, are not like any other place in the world. We had over 200,000 people call into our call centers. Uh, our call center looked like an auditorium there uh, with, with a couple thousand people answering telephone calls. So um, that's, that's a totally different place. I, I did a campaign in Guyana, South America, a very small country, uh, totally different situation there uh, from, from Calcutta, India. Uh, but, but still... People uh, responded to the gospel. We also did one this last year in Havana, Cuba. So we, we go into places where sometimes we don't know exactly what's going to happen. And in Havana, we could do no media. We could do no television. We could do no radio. We could do no advertising. Normally, we do uh, billboards, bus billboards, full-page newspaper ads, all kinds of advertising the week before the campaign begins to kind of blast the city with advertising. Couldn't do any of that. Uh, all the billboards had Castro's picture on it. So, you know, that's the way it is in, in Havana. So, um, so uh, basically, all we could do was print the book. And they wouldn't even let us print it in Cuba, which is kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, they could have made money on it. But so, so we had to print it in Brazil. We brought it into the country. Of course, it was in Spanish. We, we, we brought in 150,000 copies of the book. We had 400 churches. Uh, cross-denominationally, 10 different denominations who worked with this 
in Havana. And it was just old-fashioned, door-to-door evangelism using the book. In two weeks, in two weeks, we had over 16,000 confirmed conversions. People had responded to Christ. And so that next Sunday, (laughs) praise God. So that next Sunday, there were thousands of new people in local churches all city, all over the city of Havana. It was amazing, miraculous response. I mean, they'd done door-to-door before, and it wasn't our material. It was just God's timing, just God's timing, you know. And, 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 and so the churches said, we want to reload. We want to do this all over again. We want another 200,000 books. We said, okay, get the government's approval, and we'll bring them in. They said, no way. No way are we going to let that happen. Uh, I think probably because they saw the linkage between uh, local churches working together that they'd never seen before, 400 churches working together on the ground, so they saw it as as a political as well as a religious force, and so they didn't want to see that happen again. So so, uh, pray for the churches, a little uptick in persecution in Havana right now to the evangelicals because of this outreach, and so please be praying for them through this whole process. So that's our media campaigns. We've done them all over the world. We've done 40 cities in, in, in Russia until the FSB Secret Service shut us down there. Um, and, and so, you know, uh, we've done in, in, in Herbal Iraq, we've done in Beirut, Lebanon. We've been, we try to go to difficult places to preach the gospel. This year, we'll be doing campaigns in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, in East, a- in, in, in East Africa. First time, our first toe in the water in Africa. Our second campaign is in Juba, South Sudan, which is a very dangerous part of the world right now. A lot of fighting going on there. Um, they speak Arabic there, even though it's in Africa. Uh, uh, like 70% Ill- illiteracy in the country. Uh, not very much television. We're going to do television that they have, but there's not much there. Uh, we'll do radio, even though there's not much there. Um, uh, the, the book doesn't work, so what do we do? You know, it's kind of like that. So, so anyhow, uh, we are connecting with an organization called Mega Voice, and they, they, they develop a little, it looks like a little cell phone, but it's solar-powered, and, and we're able to put the New Testament on it. We'll put uh, Christian testimonies on it right from Juba, South Sudan. We'll put Christian programming on it for children, and we'll also put Christian music right from Juba, South Sudan on it as well. Um, the wonderful thing is no one can erase the materials that's on that. So they can't take it and use it for their own purposes. And uh, we've been told we put one per village. The whole village will listen to it. So, so we're going to do that. Uh, so we're going to purchase 20,000 copies of these. We'll use them all over South Sudan plus in the city of Juba. So be praying for us. We have no idea. Uh, how this is going to work. So, I mean, this is kind of new territory for us. So we appreciate prayer for that. We'll, we'll also be doing uh, a major campaign on the border between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, w- the, the war zone, literally. Uh, there, there's 200 miles of war zone. There's a big city here and a big city here. We're going to do two campaigns at the same time, uh, right, right in the war zone. And, and, and uh, uh, this is kind of... Um, this is a, a natural place for our ministry to work. Uh, Finland's a, a thousand miles of border with Russia. We've got a lot of Russian speakers um, that work in our ministry. 
And so we're, we're able to do this effectively. So be praying for that. Very, very special outreach as well. So that's part of our ministry. The other part, uh, the other major part is our, um, our, our satellite broadcasting that happens out of our studios in Finland. We have studios there. We do a thousand programs a year. It's a lot of programming. A thousand programs a year in Arabic and Farsi. All of these programs are uplinked to satellite television. 16 different satellite networks are, are, are preaching the gospel every day through our ministry. Now, we're not the only ministries using satellite television. Satellite t- television doesn't work well everywhere, but it works marvelously in the Middle East. Iran, 75 million people, but 45 million satellite dishes. So, so that part of the world, everybody watches satellite television. It's their only way out of their culture. And, 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 and so it's, it's a marvelous way to get in with the gospel. And uh, Hani Hanin is an Egyptian who works for us, heads up our production work in Finland. Um, and, and, and we bring people from all over Europe who are Arabic speakers and, 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 and Farsi speakers. Um, and, and they come in and they do programming for us. Um, but uh, Hani was giving me numbers and I said, you know, I can't share those numbers. They're just way too big. And he says, well, they're documented numbers. So, so I've started sharing them, actually. We, we get, an, on average, 200,000 responses a month from the Middle East from this programming. So just, just absolutely wonderful, wonderful outreach with the gospel. Um, we also very involved still in children's prisons in Russia. You'll see that. Um, 70 children's prisons. Uh, these are primarily boys that are in maximum security prisons between the age of 10 and 17. We are the only Christian voice in those prisons. Um, uh, boys are in prison from, from everything, of course, from murder, but all the way down to, to stealing breath. They're caught stealing bread. It's two to three years in a maximum security prisons. These are not reformatories. These are maximum security prisons with guard, do- uh, guard dogs and machine guns and horrible conditions. So we started in doing humanitarian aid in those prisons, and eventually they allowed our Russian speaker guys, they'd never let me in from the West, but, but our Russian guys go in and they actually preach the gospel in these prisons. So we're just very, very thrilled that we're able to get into those. Also, uh, Andrew Grabavenko, who's the Pentecostal Bishop of Russia, about three years ago contacted our ministry and said, we are seeing a sovereign outpouring of the Holy Spirit all over Russia thousands of people coming to Christ. It's an amazing reality because the government just signed uh, two years ago an anti-terrorism law that really is an anti-evangelism law. It, 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 it makes conversion from one religion to another illegal. And actually, um, the uh, Russian Orthodox Church is behind this because they're losing so many people to the evangelicals. So many people are coming to Christ. So he said, we need materials. So he calls our office in Finland, talks to Hanu, and said, can you do a book for us that would have life stories in it from Siberia to Moscow across all 11 time zones? Hanu said, yeah, we can do that. We've, we've, we've done enough cities all over uh, Russia that, that that's, that's possible for us to do that. So um, uh, how many do you need? He said, we need a million copies. And so we gulped, uh, you know, we didn't have the money, you know, but we printed a million copies of this book in Russian with life stories from all over the country uh, in Siberia in, in, in a printing press company 
that has been exclusively used for atheistic materials for Russia now is printing our book. So it's very, very thrilling. So, so now today, three years later, we've actually printed six million copies of this book. Uh, we've, we've done about a million copies of the Gospel of John, about 500,000 copies of, of the Bible right out of the same huge printing company in Siberia. And uh, so, so we're grateful that, that we've been able to use what was used as a tool for the enemy uh, for the kingdom of God. Praise be unto God. So please be praying for our ministry all over the world. And uh, uh, thank you. you. You folks have been a blessing to our ministry through the years. So, so bless your heart. I've got a short v video I'll, sh I'll show you. And then we'll come back and preach. These are our studios in Finland. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about new names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I do have some newsletters out and back. Feel free to take one or more if you'd like. If, I, I know a number of you already get the newsletter on a monthly basis. If you don't, you can sign up for it. Happy to send it to you. Um, appreciate that much. All right, Matthew chapter 22 this morning. Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them... Um, a lawyer asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Father, we thank you this morning for the power of your word. Everything we have comes from you. Everything we have is a gift from you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the shed blood of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we have been set free by the power of God. We thank you for your love for us. And I pray this morning that you would minister to each and every one of us by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Greatest commandment is not serve the Lord. <laughs> not work for the Lord. It's not give to the Lord. Uh, the greatest commandment is what? Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Uh, Jesus was literally quoting from the Old Testament. He was quoting from the Shema or Shema, I guess is actually in the Hebrew is what it's called. In De Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So this, 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 this concept goes all the way back to the Old Testament. This, this focus on God's primary desire for you is that you love Him. That's, that's what He's looking for more than anything else. And, 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 and this was quoted, quoted, Deuteronomy 6 is quoted in every Jewish home, um, every Jewish person uh, committed it to memory. It's quoted in every Jewish synagogue, 
Every home started and ended with quoting from the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And, and, and so this, this pervaded the life of the, of the Jewish community. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love that fills our hearts. Love that permeates our emotions. Love that rudders our thoughts. Love for God that impacts our actions. Love for God becomes predominant. Becomes that which motivates our life. That causes us to choose to do what we do because we love God. That's a good question. Are you doing what you're doing because you love God? You know, uh, God hasn't called you simply to do what He wants you to do out of a sense of obligation. He wants you to do what you do because you love Him. That's a totally different motivation, isn't it? Love the Lord. Okay, but how do we get there? Okay, that's good. That's great. That that could be one message that we we could end there and say, okay, end of message, love God. But how, how do we love God? How do we get to that point? Can we just kind of pull ourselves up by the bootstrap and say, love God. I could come here and say, okay, love God. Repeat after me. Love God. Love God. Love God. You know, how many know it doesn't work very well? You know, I mean, you'd forget that as soon as you walked out the door. But the reality is, is is that God helps us to get there. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, hope does not put us to shame because, what? God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So, you don't initiate this. You don't simply say, I'm going to do this. Your love for God is to be reactive. It's to be responsive to God pouring His love in. And the more He pours His love in, the more you love him, you know. Um, if we're not careful, we this gets to be really legalistic about following God, serving God. It really isn't supposed to be legalistic. It's supposed to be heart-based, where I do what I do because I love Jesus. And the reason I love Jesus is because he loves me so much, and I've experienced his love. You see, that's why... Um, in, um, in, 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 in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 5, it says, don't be drunk with wine. Why? Why aren't you supposed to be drunk with wine? Because it's destructive. Any of you that's been around alcoholism, I got tons of alcoholism in my family. You've seen the destructive power of alcoholism. And, and, and Paul says, don't be drunk with wine. It will destroy you and everyone around you. But... Instead, what? Be filled with the Spirit. Okay? So we're either filled with one Spirit or another, right? <laughs> All right? And, 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 and God's Word says, I, I don't want you to be uh, drunk with the Spirit of this world. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. Why? And by the way, that's in the continuous present tense. The reason is in the continuous present tense, which means I need to be filled with the Spirit over and over and over and over why does that need to happen? Because you leak. And so do I. Right? It happens. We leak. You know. And so, and, and so because of that, I need to be filled with the Spirit over and over again. I need God to pour His love 
into me over and over and over. I need to experience the love of God over and over. Lord, right now, we just pray. God, today, tomorrow, this week, over and over and over, God, may your love buckle our knees. May the reality of how much you love us overwhelm us. God, somehow we block it out. And then we start trying to gut out the work of God, and it doesn't work very well. But God, when you fill us with your love, we do what, what we know pleases you because you love us, and we love you. And so God, pour it in, pour it in, pour it in. We just are so aware, First John 4, we love him because he first loved us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. So he wants you to experience his love, but he wants you to do more than just simply experience his love. Ephesians chapter 3, this is what it talks about concerning the love of God in Ephesians 3, verse 17. It says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How many are glad that Jesus is in, <laughs> not out? That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in doctrine. No. That you may be rooted and grounded in legalism. No. That you may be rooted and grounded in love. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know which is the word genosko in the Greek, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you are filled with the love of God, you will be filled with all the fullness of God. And God wants you to not only experience His love. That's important. We already talked about that. But He also wants you to, to, to genosko His love. He wants you to know His love. He wants you to have the revelation of how deep and how wide and how broad and, 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 and the expanse of what the love of God is for you. We have no idea how much God loves us. We have no comprehension of how great that is. But if, 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 if Gary begins to see it, if Pastor Rob begins to see it, if, if Mix be, 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 begins to see it, if, if each and every one of us begins to see how much God loves us, if that revelation, and I pray right now, oh God, open the eyes of our understanding so that we may understand how much you love us. God, cause us not only experience it, but understand the depth of your great love for us. Lord, it will impact us. It'll change us. It'll change how we live. It'll change what we do. Because we are overwhelmed by the greatness of your love. How many are aware that communication is an important part of every relationship? Very important. Uh, how many have discovered that, that, that communication is not one way? How many have discovered it's not you doing all the talking? You know, that's not communication if you're doing all the talking. You know, a huge, you know, 
It's very simple. God has given you how many ears? How many, how many mouths? Listen twice as much as you talk. By the way, you'll, you'll begin to learn some things. Begin to listen instead of talking so much. You know, and so God has called us. God has called us to communication with one another. Husbands and wives, children and parents. A lot of parents have problems because they just have never really listened to what their kids were saying. And a lot of rebellion comes out of that reality, doesn't it? Huh? Yeah. Well, communication with God, what do we call that? We call it prayer, don't we? Yeah. And, and prayer is an important part of our walk with God. He's not called us to a mechanical relationship. He's called us to this two-way communication, this connection with Him, talking, listening, fellowshipping, all right? Jesus says it this way in John 15. He said, no longer do I call you servants, but I've called you friends. Then he says, all I've heard from the Father, I have genoscoed you. I've made known to you. I've revealed it to you. Jesus said, all the secrets God shares with me, I share with you. <laughs> Isn't that cool? You know, he says, he's not just servants of God. You're my friends. And as the friends of God, I want to share with you my heart. Now, for too many of us, prayer is a drive-through experience. It's like going to McDonald's. Okay? Supersize me. Right? All right? God, I need this. I need that. Bless my kids. Bless my wife. Bless my family. Bless my work. Bless this. Bless that. Help me, God. Keep me healthy. Amen. We prayed. Well, that's part of prayer. Supplication. Request. Make your request be named, known unto God. Very important part of prayer. But, 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 but it's only part of prayer. So many times, so many times, we get done. We've gone through the drive through We've prayed. And, and God is saying to us, Jesus is saying to us, wait, wait, I've got some stuff I want to talk to you about. i got some things on my heart that I want you to hear. But you see, we don't take time to hear. It grieves the heart of God. John 10, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I genosco them. I know them. I'm in relationship with them. We are in a communication one with them. When was the last time you heard the voice of Jesus? When was the last time you heard him talk to you clearly and plainly? Some of you, it was this morning. I know. I, I don't say that facetiously. I, I know that many of you are hearing the voice of God. But this is just a word of encouragement to open your ears to hear God's voice. Don't, don't just talk to God and then, and, then, and then go on with your life. Listen. Listen. Jesus, and I'm not going to share it this morning because of time, but Mark 8, Mark 9, Mark 10. My goodness. Jesus knew the frustration of, of his disciples who, who weren't listening to him. They had their own agenda. They had, you know, Jesus was trying to tell them, I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be buried for three days and rise again. And my goodness, you know, uh, Peter says, get behind me, Satan. He had his own agenda. Uh, James and John raised their hand and said, uh, 
We want to sit on your right hand and left. They, they, they had no idea. They weren't listening to what Jesus was saying. You see, your opinions and your perceptions and your agenda will deafen you from hearing the voice of God. You know, Abraham and Isaac, uh, Abraham and Sarah were deafened to the voice of God, even though God had made it very clear that they were going to be the father of many nations and, and they were going to have children and God was going to bless them. It, it, Ishmael was the result of their following their own agenda. And we're still paying the price for that. You know, it's a tragic reality. You see, there's a trap set for you and for me every day and that trap is busyness that trap is distraction that trap is noise i left my cell phone in the car today but we all got them right and 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 we're distracted by 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 noise and we all are distracted by different stuff you may be distracted by sports or you might be and there's nothing wrong with sports you may be distracted by politics, Fox News. Nothing wrong with that. But you may be distracted by that. You may be distracted by other stuff, by hobbies or golf or fishing or work or whatever. There's all kinds of things that can distract us. And none of these things are wrong. They all have their rightful place. But if we're not careful, we're just we're just surrounded by so much noise, we can't hear the voice of God. Leighton Ford, a number of years ago, said this, in, in perpetual, I, I love this, in perpetual motion, I can mistake my adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. If you're always moving, if you're always going, if you're, if you're not listening, you will mistake your adrenaline for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God wants me to do this. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe it's, that's how we felt at the moment. Maybe that's what we want. Blaise Pascal lived in the 1600s. Long time ago, right? He was a French physicist, a mathematician, an inventor. Um, some of you have heard his one, one of his quotes. This is the way one of his quotes goes. If God does not exist, one will lose nothing by believing. Well, if he does exist, one will lose everything. How many have heard that quote before? Is that some of you have? Yeah, pretty powerful. Uh, this is another quote by him <laughs> that you haven't heard probably. This is in the 16th century. I mean, no television, no radio, no media, no cell phones, none of this stuff, okay? So this is not just our generation problem. It's every generation problem. The sole cause of human unhappiness is we do not know how to stay quietly in our rooms. <laughs> we are afraid of silence. Busy. Move, 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 move. Work, 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 work. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> do, 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 do. Even kingdom work. <coughs> if we're not careful, we will think that that's spiritual. God says, I want you to listen to me. I want you to get quiet. 
Uh, some of you have heard the name Eugene Peterson. And uh, Eugene Peterson said this, busyness, this is a pretty strong word, by the way. Busyness is the enemy of spirituality. Busyness is essentially laziness. <laughs> it's filling our time with our own actions instead of paying attention to God's actions. The word busy is a symptom not of commitment, but betrayal, not of devotion, but defection. <laughs> oh my goodness. You convicted by that? I am. Okay. So, so, so God is calling you away. He's calling you away from something so that you can experience quietness, so that you can experience listening, so that you can experience reflection, so you can experience fellowship, so that you can hear the voice of God, so that you can experience the love of God being poured out in your life, so that you can be victorious over sin. I dealt two days this week, 12 hours a day for two days, with a couple going through horrific stuff. I came up on Friday ex absolutely exhausted <laughs> from the two days before. Just wiped me out. But the reason this couple was experiencing what they were experiencing is because, oh, consumed by, by a successful business. Consumed by busyness. Your tank gets empty. You're not hearing God's voice. You're susceptible to temptation. What before you would have said no, you say yes to. Because you're an empty, you're an empty well. And I don't care who you are. I've been saved longer than many of you have been alive. 69. I still feel I can dig Zach on, but that probably is a mistake. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. You know, make how it is. You just feel like, hey, sure, I could do it. I can still do it. <laughs> but you know, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter, you know, I've been in ministry 45, 46 years. Who cares? I'm as susceptible today as anybody. If I do not take care of business, if I do not humble myself before God, if I do not listen to God's Word, if I do not open my heart to the moving of the Holy Spirit, if I do not allow myself to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Dave's life can crash down as, as well as anybody else's, and I see it all the time. I, I, I regularly am dealing with pastors who are going through issues because of busyness that's destroying their lives and their families. God help us. Mark 3 verse 14 says, He appointed the twelve so that they might be working for Him. No, so that they might be with Him. Jesus wants you to be with Him. Psalm 46. This is my translation. Would you just be quiet and know that I'm God? Would you just zip it for a while and listen? 
This, this, uh, I, I mean, you're, you're, you're hearing a message this morning, but it's really, it really is a message that, uh, that God spoke to Dave Ogren about Dave Ogren's life, okay? And I'm, I'm loving hearing it all over again because I need it. I need it as much as you need it. We need it every day. And the Lord brought me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. I'm almost done. So, you know, I've got about four minutes left till 11 o'clock, so don't worry. I'm not going to keep you here for a long time. But the Lord spoke to me from Matthew chapter 7, just devotionally. You know, and, and, and God, you know, not I wasn't preparing a message or trying to find something to tell somebody else. I was just feeding my own heart. And I came across... Matthew 7, I'd read it probably hundreds, maybe thousands of times. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father is in heaven. Now listen to this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in your name? Okay. Let me think that's a good thing. Sure. Cast out demons in your name? Hey, that's, that's really good. Do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to those people who are prophesying and casting out demons and doing mighty works. I never genoscoed you. I was never in a relationship with you. You didn't know me. You didn't hear my voice. You see, we would equate miracles and prophecy and casting out demons. We'd say, that person is really spiritual, <laughs> right? We'd say, boy, now that is the height of spirituality. Man, if you are able to cast out demons, if you are able to prophesy effectively. You know, now, now let me, I, I, I grew up in Pentecost. I've been around this stuff all my life. And, and, and there's prophecy and then there's prophecy. There's prophecy, thus saith the Lord, and it's the same thing every week. Anybody hearing me? Yes. Okay, and you think, oh, here they go again. You know, I've, I've been there, you know, I, and I've, I've had to pastor through that, okay? And, and you have to just train people, teach people, and people learn, and it, it's, it's great. But, you know, there's that kind of prophecy. But then there's powerful prophecy, huh? And, and, and I've experienced that too, and I mean, man, it is the voice of God. Whoosh, boom. And you think, man, <laughs> God has just spoken in this house. We better listen to this. That's good stuff, okay? But there, there can be good prophecy and, and genuine casting out demons and, and, and working of miracles and, and seeing people's blind eyes open. But, but all of that is stuff we're doing. It's, it's not relationship. We miss the point when we identify activity and gifting and power and knowledge as the con confirmation of genuine spirituality you're not spiritual because you do certain things you are spiritual 
because you are connected to Jesus Christ. You are close to him. You are walking with him. You are hearing his voice. You are listening to his word. You are responding to the voice of the Spirit. If that's not happening, I don't care. I don't care how much of the Bible you know. I don't care how much you prophesy. I don't care how much you do miracles. God says you're not where you ought to be. God spoke to Dave Ogre and he says, I don't care if you travel all over the world. I don't care if you're a part of this ministry that's reaching thousands for Christ. Wonderful, great, that's good. However, that's not what's important to me. But what's important to me is that, Dave, you are close to me. And why did God speak to that? Because I was really busy. <laughs> and I thought I was doing the work of God. And, and God said, hey, Get it straight. Get it right. Begin to understand what it means. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I'm almost done. <laughs> Matthew 11 says this. Come to me. Okay. All right. Which means get off your treadmill. Come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, and you'll find that I'm humble and I'm gentle. What does that mean? It means he's not going to do this to you. He's not going to jerk you around. What's wrong with you, buddy? Straighten up. Jesus isn't going to come to you that way. He's humble and gentle. He's going to come to you where you're at. And he says, listen, I've got a better path for you. I've got a better way for you to go. Do you realize that when you talk like that to your wife, you're, you're grieving me? And it hurts me when you say those things? You realize that your lifestyle is, is compromising who I am in your life? You see, he, he says those things, but he says those things in a way that... that that, that causes us to melt in his presence because it's done in so much love and gentleness and kindness. You see, that's, that's the voice of God. Come to me. I'm humble and gentle. And so, Matthew 14, these are three keys, and I'm closing with this. It's three, three things that Jesus did. Number one, he dismissed the crowds. Matthew 14, 23. He dismissed the crowds. You all have a crowd. I don't know what that crowd is. But there's, there's a crowd you need to dismiss and say, I'm leaving this. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sinful. It's just taking the place God wants in your life. And it doesn't mean, he, it didn't mean that Jesus was never with the crowds. He was many times with the crowds. But there were times when he would dismiss the crowd. You have a crowd. I have a crowd. And usually it's what we're susceptible to. And what we enjoy. Nothing wrong with that stuff. We just put it in its rightful place. Dismiss the crowds. Go on a mountain. And get along. <laughs> Pretty simple stuff. I find that for myself, uh, it's good for me to walk in cemeteries. Number one, and they're not too loud. There's not too many distractions. So it's pretty quiet. 
So oftentimes when I go into a, a different city, I'll, I'll find a cemetery. It's a wonderful place to pray. I look at gravestones, and it reminds me of mortality. It reminds me. My dad died when I was four. I've kind of always lived my life with, with the reality of mortality. He was a wonderful, godly young man, young pastor, died as a young man. But I've lived with that reality of mortality all my life. But it brings me back to the fact is that, Dave, one day it's all going to be over here. <laughs> You're going to keep doing this forever. And I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be with Jesus. So my urging to you today is this. Take time to be with him this week. It'll transform your life. It'll, it'll, it'll cause the things that have been hard to do easy. It'll cause the things that have tripped you up to no longer trip you up. Take time to be with Jesus in his word and in prayer. And listen. And I will guarantee you he will speak to you. You may say, well, Dave, I've not heard the voice of God and I don't know how long. Okay, but let me just tell you this. How many of you think you are so complex God cannot communicate with you? If God could talk to Noah, if God could talk to Jonah, if God could talk to Job, if God could talk to all these guys, Abraham, I mean, they didn't have the word. They, they didn't have anything we got. If God could communicate clearly to them, God can speak to you in a way that you understand the way you understand. And so that's why he said, to a church that was messed up, Laodicea. How many can relate to a messed up church? Thank you, brother. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> We're all kind of messed up, right? <laughs> all right? So he's talking to a messed up church. I mean, they got all kinds of problems, all kinds of problems. And Jesus confronts them on those problems. He doesn't whitewash it. He doesn't say it's okay. We don't really care. That's not the kind of love Jesus has. He, 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 he's going to come straight with you. But then he ends it. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open the door, <laughs> I'm just waiting. If you'll open the door, I'll come in. And I'll jerk you around. I'll tell you how sinful you are. How evil you are. How disappointed I am in you. How you need to jump and I'll say how high. No. No. He says, I'm at the door knocking. Even though you're messed up. But here, if you just open the door, I want to come in and I want to have dinner with you. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to get close to you. Because you see, when you get close to Jesus... <laughs> all the other stuff loses all of its power. We just need him more than we know. I want to just encourage you today. Open your heart. Take some time. Get alone. Dismiss your crowd. Allow him. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. Fill me with your love. Ask him to do that. He will. Ask him to reveal his love to you. He will reveal his love to you. Ask him to work in your life. He will. Ask him to talk to you. 
he will. Father, today, how much we need you. How much we need you. And Lord, we just, we corporately today, we just say, Lord, forgive us for getting so busy, thinking we're so busy that we don't have time to be with you. Forgive us, Lord. And I pray that this week, you've been waiting a long time to talk to us, Lord. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to respond to you. Help us to allow you to fill us with your love, to free us from what controls us, to lead us in the way that you want us to go. Thank you, God, that you love us more than any of us can know. This with your heads bowed. This is no big deal, but if you're here today and you're just saying, God, I just really need to get close to you. Help me to get close to you. Just raise your hand to the Lord. God, I just want to be close to you. Draw me to yourself. Draw me to yourself. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Pastor.